What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Go Long Show. I'm Tyler Dunn here with Jim Monas. For those who may be new to the podcast, and we, we, we welcome you. Thanks so much for finding us. Jim Monas was a scout for the Philadelphia Eagles, the New Orleans Saints, director of personnel for the Buffalo Bills. Spent some time with the XFL, of course, and now here he is with us on the Go Long Show, always sharing his wisdom from the road, many stories to share. And I, and I love to tell people, Jim, that, you know, our rapport, it re- really began over baskets of fried pickles, right? You know, when I launched Go Long back in November of 2020, we weren't really thinking about doing a podcast on the side. I wasn't really sure uh, what direction we'd go when it comes to audio, but I was talking to you about Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, you know, everything that kind of went down in that Mahomes draft. And remember, we were at resurgence, drinking beers, middle of COVID, and the science told us, always follow the science, remember, the science told us that you had to eat food if you were drinking beer. And I can't remember all the rules. Chicken wings didn't count. Don't really remember what was allowed, what wasn't allowed. It's all kind of a blur. Thankfully, we're forgetting all of it. Uh, but we just ate fried pickles. I, I, I swear we had like four or five baskets of fried pickles. To eat four or five baskets of fried pickles requires a lot of beer because we all know that <laughs> there's a reason There's a reason they go well together. You, you can't keep eating baskets of pickles without a lot of beer. And that is the cause of the Mahomes the whole Mahomes story. That's how. That's all we talked about that day, and that's what led to. You a had lot to drink of your sorrows away. That it did. The more we talked, it started as a nice, fun, nice to you know, nice to catch up with you, see you. Yeah, this is a crazy story, and then it led to wow. I better keep drinking. I forgot how wild this was. <laughs> like we really did. We really did pass on possibly the greatest quarterback in the history of football. Yes, um, but anyway. Yeah, I basically opened up that wound and then just poured salt into it. And and now we we hung out for like three, four hours that day. Oh, and to think now that we he become he comes up every you know every episode. Mahomes, Rogers always come up, and it's we can smile about it now. I don't know if I don't I don't know if Terry Pagula can smile about it. He's probably still thinking about that draft. That or thirteen Mahomes before. Oh man, what a what a way to start a podcast! Mahomes, thirteen seconds, Bills losing, Cincinnati Bengals again. I chuckle though, just (laughs) thinking about those fried pickles. We ate so many, you know. I thought we were going to turn into a fried pickle, and it just reminds me of uh, the innocence of like a three year old, a four year old. Our daughter Ella. We were driving a few weeks ago, driving back from my parents, and she wanted to stop at Tim Hortons, like for Timbits, when we already had donuts at Nana and Pop Pops. I said, Ella, we can't get more donuts. You're going to turn into a donut. And she she looked at me like this, really puzzled. She goes, I'll turn into a donut? (laughs) She really thought she'd turn into a donut if she ate more donuts. But did it sound Um, bad to her? Sometimes that doesn't sound like the worst thing to be a donut. I think she was concerned. Yes, she was concerned that she'd morph from human to donut. So I'd explain to her that it's it's a metaphor, analogy. where You won't really turn into a donut. Well, it, we gotta, learned quick that they pick up everything now. It's like I'm, we're at, you know, my son's at the same age, Ella. Like it's, 
you got to watch what you say. Like he doesn't, yeah. I, I get a little worried in, in the first thing in the morning if Walter's a little upset that the Atlanta Hawks didn't cover last night <laughs> by two points. And, you know, I don't want the first thing out of his mouth like, Dad, why didn't the Hawks cover? Because he heard me yell, you know, it's he got to be careful what he hears. Because <laughs> last night, Tyler, you know, when it comes to gambling last night on that NFL Carolina game in Chicago, it's real simple. And I know you, you know, you dabble in gambling. I always tell you don't do it. But when it comes to gambling on a game like that, it's real simple. If the line is three, you take the Bears minus three. If the line's three and a half, you take the Panthers because you're getting a half. It's just that's that's how you do it. You're not basing it on anything else other than that straight half point, because that is an example of two. I don't even know what to call those teams right now on offense. Um, with I, I just don't even want to talk about it. But to gamble on that, how could you put any kind of, as far as trying to study tape on those players and, oh, I like their offense tonight. I think I think this Bears quarterback is going to come around tonight against, you know, what, what are we talking about? A guy from Shepard against the number one pick, and you couldn't tell the difference last night. You could not tell the difference if you had to ask anybody for the first time watching that game, who went to Alabama, who went to Shepard. I would go with the big guy. I, I wouldn't think Alabama would have that small little guy there. But that just goes to show you, this is those two teams, I don't even, they're, they're not even close. Carolina's organization, when they show Tepper, the owner, with that GM fitter, I that's that guy might blow that thing up, the owner. I'll tell you this, he is involved, and he, part of me gets it. Part of me gets it. You buy a franchise for billions of dollars. You want to know what in the bleep is going wrong with your team. You just traded all these picks. You just traded your best player, DJ Moore, for Bryce Young. I would probably be fairly volatile and pissed off with the product I'm seeing on the field if I was a billionaire, which I am not. Uh, At the same time, we've talked about it a million times. The best owners hire smart football people and stay out of the way. And that's the big question with David Tepper. How involved is he? Is he too involved? How much say did he have over that quarterback decision? I've said it here and I've written it. You know, after initially hearing that the S2 scores kind of scared <laughs> off David yes. Tepper as a hedge fund guy. Um, I'll say this. You know, I did, I did speak to somebody pretty high up in uh, the Panthers front office and it's somebody I trust. And I really do believe that they, they selected Bryce young with conviction beyond a test score. I, I that I hope so. I, I, I really believe that. I know it's a great story to think, you know, the S two drops it go no, along and it, it just changed no the Carolina Panthers thinking, but no, it, <laughs> I don't think that was the case. Um, and, and look, Bryce young, Scouts and coaches across the NFL loved this guy. At Alabama, he was untouchable. Slithery, slippery, just found a way to improvise, make a play in the SEC against the best of the very best in the country. You know, I get it. it it's a less than ideal circumstance. Similar to Jordan Love. We, you know, we've talked a ton about him on this podcast with Brett Favre, Bob McGinn. I get it. Like the line in Green Bay and Carolina, it's, not ideal. It's not the you, weapons. It's hard, to, it not ideal. it's hard to judge them. Hard to judge those guys right now. 
honestly, it's really similar, isn't it? I mean, even the receiving core, you have a bunch of threes. I don't even know if you have a two. I, Maybe you I have a two. Green Bay's, I think Green Bay's skill set is much better than Carolina's. I think Carolina's skill set looked – that's about as poor of a – I couldn't think – I didn't see one threat on that team on offense. Miles Sanders, that's – you want to talk about a dime a dozen running back, you can find him anywhere. That's That's the truth. Adam Thielen, we know what he is. Great career. It's it's a wrap. Can't run. You're not a threat. You're a system guy. Everybody would love to have you. Like any winning team wants Adam Thielen on their team right now as a number three or just some type of. But, I mean, that's that's all he is. He's a great role player right now. No tight ends. No offensive line. The quarterback looks. The head coach. Who? How about this? You see... Frank Reich's the head coach. Then Josh McCown's the assistant head coach. You see him heavily involved on the sideline. Then I see Deuce Staley. I thought he was still in Detroit. I didn't even know he left yeah. Detroit. He's like an assistant head coach. You have three people, and then you get to the offensive coordinator, Tyler. He's basically the fourth. He's sitting there. This the Thomas Brown is right. sitting there calling plays, and it looks like there's three coaches above him that it has to go through almost. I mean, I don't even know what I'm watching. When do you, do you follow me on that? Like, doesn't that make great? Doesn't that seem crazy? Well, dude, like th- this is why part of me does kind of empathize with Tepper. Cause imagine all these salaries that they're paying. Oh. And this has got to be the most expensive coaching staff in the NFL. No I mean, and you, <laughs> it's so funny as you're rattling off all of these coaches, I had to pull up the, uh, the masthead here uh, on the Panthers website, and you even forgot one. So you got Frank Reich as the head coach. Okay. Yeah. Who'd I forget? And you've got Deuce Staley know. as yeah. where the hell is he? What's He's his title? Running backs, running backs and assistant head coach. That's great. Right? So he gets a promotion because you know Dan Campbell and the Lions. I know all those running backs in Detroit. We've talked to Jamal Williams. He they, they loved Deuce Staley. So he's not coming cheap. Josh McCown is the quarterback's coach, like you mentioned. Uh, Thomas Brown is the offensive coordinator. You know, they calling the plays now. There's also Parks Frazier, the passing game coordinator. Oh, so so the OC, okay. It's unbelievable wow. how many cooks are in this kitchen. And and really that's I don't know, mate. It's it's an imperfect uh comparison, I suppose, but are you having any flashbacks to your 2016 Buffalo Bills it, when it's how we Rex is bringing Rob back? I mean, there were so many coaches on that staff. Yes. You think it's a good thing, but it's probably counterproductive. It, the word chaotic on defense was the word. You said you've talked to players that use the word chaos. We used to feel that way, too. You just didn't quite know. Was it Dennis Thurman? Was it Rob Ryan? Was it Rex Ryan? Obviously, all these guys are qualified. You know, They've all had great careers in the NFL as defensive coaches, but the structure means everything. I, we talk about structure so much. I, it it's just so clear when you see those two teams and then we'll come full circle and come back to the bills, but doesn't it make you feel like the bills are closer to the super bowl than they are a disaster? Like when you see those teams last night, just because of Josh Allen, basically, and the, just the, the whole structure of the bills organization. But, well, I mean, it's pretty sad state of affairs for the Buffalo bills. If you go from hoisting super bowl banners in the facility to comparing yourself to the Chicago bears, and the Carolina Panthers on Thursday night football, I'm sorry. Well, just to if we're at that point, then it is pretty bad in Buffalo. 
if that's what I'm saying, when people get a little worried about Buffalo, like just watch that game last night and it brings you right back to you have one of the five to six teams that can win a Super Bowl right now. It's okay. That is some garbage. That was straight garbage last night. Like as a, yeah. as a guy that loves, we all love the NFL and, and Hey, gambling, if you gamble, that's on, it's your fault for gambling on that crap. But <laughs> that was crap. And he, Frank Reich's going to hit a 59 yard field. Look, it was 10 yards short. That's how you're going out last night. 10 yards short field goal. I, I just can't even get over how bad that football looked like. It's, Anyway, did you watch the whole game? Did you really watch the whole game? Well, you know, Tyler, when you're invested, it's, you know, you pay attention. I think I had Deontay Foreman in one of my fantasy lineups and I didn't even give a, give a damn. I went to bed probably halftime. It was like, all right, but you know what? Like a lot of people out there, if you go to bed during these terrible Thursday night games, this is like the curse of the cell phone. Like you're in that half asleep, half awake <laughs> mode, and you're constantly just turning over to check the box score. And it's like, what? I had this point last night. I'm like, why in the hell am I checking the box score of Panthers Bears at 1.37 a.m. when I could be sleeping, knowing our kids are going to be up, you know, four and change? Like, why am I making this life decision right now to care this much about this awful football game? It's... Last point on it, the coaching staff, not, though, Jib. Yeah, it, that looked. It just looked. That's. It was a good comparison from you two to bring up the that Bills defensive staff. It it can just be too much sometimes. And the players, I don't know. Some that's that's how I always felt. Are the players getting the right message? Who's who's in charge? Like who is running this thing? And for a young court man, and we talk about quarterbacks going to the right team, having a chance to succeed. To evaluate Bryce Young isn't even – that is not even right. It's not right. I mean, think about any corporation, any business, and I, I suppose I'm a I'm a little biased as somebody who just started his own business and, you know, I don't exactly have 20, 30 employees here at Golan, uh, but I just feel like whether it's business, whether it's government, bureaucracy, like the more people – you have in the room it might sound great on paper oh. it might sound great in theory oh we're going to get all these ideas for bryce young josh mccown's got this experience thomas brown has this experience frank reich played and coached at all these different spots with all these different quarterbacks it sounds great it sounds like a quarterback heaven and then you get to reality and it's like well whether it's this staff or a lot of staffs or a lot of businesses you end up having a lot of people kind of justifying their existence. And you wonder, you know, what, what does this guy do here? What does this guy do there? And it's not really streamlined. There isn't a clear hierarchy. There, there, it, there isn't that one voice speaking above the rest. And it's like, okay, I will listen to what this person says, this person believes. And it becomes this muddled, just mess. Tyler, you just described every GM's nightmare. In, during draft time, I can think of like Mickey Loomis, Sean Payton sitting in those Saints draft rooms. And sometimes, Tyler, we were so, I felt like we had a, a tight, small group. We were efficient. We boom, boom, boom. I go to Buffalo. Man, we had a big staff. Like we had a lot of scouts. We had a lot of like older 
kind of uh, veteran scouts that didn't live, you know, from the, you know, the previous owner, Ralph Wilson era. So they were involved in st- it, it just the whole structure, Tyler, was so different than what the Saints structure was. I'm like, this is tough. I'm like the more opinions you have on any player. I always say you got the more people that watch Miles Garrett, there'll be two or three people to tell you he can't play like just out of spite. There's going to be somebody that's like, you know what? I think Miles Garrett might not like a guy that has zero. There's no way you could find a fault in Miles Garrett. Like you just couldn't at, at, coming out of college. I remember people saying he might, he may not love football. That was the knock on Miles Garrett. I'm not sure this guy loves football. I know what I love the freakish athlete that you've never seen before on tape. Like, and, and it, and people are talking about MVP. They want to force MVPs to the quarterback. No, Miles Garrett, TJ Watt should be your MVPs this year. Pick one of those two. Quarterbacks aren't playing at that high level this year. All right, I'm on a rant, Tyler. You got me going. Well, let I want to get into that. It's just with, with the Panthers to kind of put a yeah, little on. Yeah. I guess if we're going to put blame on somebody here because th- there needs to be some blame. It's not working out. Oh. So well, far with Bryce Young. Starts at the top. I the still think Bryce Young could guys. be good. But let me ask you this, I, Tyler. It, the owner had a chance to restructure this thing. So he keeps the GM fitter. Now, I don't know. I know Scott to say hi. And I, I don't, that's all I told you before. I know Scott Fitter to say hi. Good good guy from what I saw of him. You know, nice to talk to. But if Fitter and Frank Reich had no relationship, how – how is this thing ever going to work? Like that was your chance as an owner to get the head coach and GM. Like we always talk about, get those two connected and get out of the way. And now you're back to who blames who for the quarterback. And it's all right. I mean, it's a mess. That's a mess. But yeah, I think it, it, it could take another, it may, it may take another blow. up. I don't know. You know, what's crazy. It's like, that's like the norm for a lot of these teams. I think the Chicago bears have, they've kind of gone through the same cycle. You know, we should probably bring Josh Lucas back on for that. But, I mean, dating back 10, 15 years, it seems like the order of operations has always been out of whack. Like, this GM and this coach were hired at different times. They're not really together. They inherited a quarterback, and then they stick with that quarterback, and then they find their guy. It's got to be synced up. Always. Or it's not going to work. And it sounds so simple sometimes. Sorry, Ty, I was trying to find a text because you brought up Josh Lucas. If he'll come back on, talk about the Bears. I said, uh, I was just texting about some quarterbacks yesterday. I'm just looking down at the end. I said, man, I hope you're doing well. The Bears, what a joke. Matt Nagy in Kansas City. How's that working out for uh, Patrick Mahomes? Like, Matt Nagy, their offense isn't playing like it did with the enemy. You know, Matt Nagy is, I mean, we saw what he did with pretty much Trubisky, Fields. I, I mean, these guys, Tyler. I, people don't call anybody. They don't call people out. But Eric Bieniemy is doing, and, and they'll lead to your Sam Howell part. But Eric Bieniemy. Hey, this was his audition. I'm pretty impressed. <laughs> and and Matt Nagy in Kansas City. I'm not impressed. I wasn't impressed in Chicago either. And who cares? Because he'll be the head coach whenever Reed steps down. <laughs> meritocracy beautiful thing um it, it, it you you made the point you know back in august when players were complaining about how, how hard eric Bieniemy was on them and then ron rivera made the whole situation worse right and it seemed like oh my gosh we thought the commanders were past this turmoil and chaos 
post Dan Snyder, well, you know, I know they're four and five and they just traded two of their best players for picks. They're obviously thinking about the future and Josh Harris has some major decisions to make. I think this has been a one-year job interview for, for everybody involved. Um, the head coach, the GM, the quarterback, all the players. But if you want to take something from this, Eric Bieniemy and Sam Howell have something good working here. He's second in the NFL in passing yards. It's He's been terrible. sacked more than anybody, 13 more than anybody, 44 sacks. You know, in the Bills and Giants games alone, Jim, he was hit 27 times. Yet it isn't turning him into David Carr, right? He's not shell-shocked. He isn't getting skittish. I mean, he is firing the ball down the field and, and making some plays. And I get it. He's he's six foot, half inch, 224. Nothing physically jumps with Sam Howell. That's why the, he was the uh, 144th pick in the draft. Like That's why he was drafted sixth in a bad QB class. Right behind Bailey Zappi, which he had to love beating the New England Patriots. That's a team that chose a different quarterback than him, and he wins at Foxborough. But, you know, I watched uh, Eric Bieniemy's press conference this week, and you can just you can just tell that they've got something good cooking here that I, I think is worth taking into 2024. You know, long term, we'll see. But through this whole Redskin Washington football team commander mess. Um, maybe they stumbled upon something here with Sam Howell and Eric Bieniemy. There was a play. I don't know if you caught the their win over the Patriots last week, and it's the Patriots. Although the Patriots did beat your Buffalo Bills, Jim. So maybe this is a good football team we're talking about here. Week to week, <laughs> it was week, a, uh... week to week, week to week. week. <laughs> I mean, there's a play. The Patriots are showing eight rushers, like they're going to send the house. They send six, two back off last second. I mean, Sam Howell's got people in his face immediately, and he buys himself time. He rolls to the right and just – it looks like he's blindly throwing left. And it's the kind of throw that here in Buffalo, it seems like they're trying to siphon out of Josh Allen's game, which, as we've talked about ad nauseum, is ridiculous. Uh, but Eric Bieniemy was asked about that throw. I think it was 26, 27 yards. And he said, look, you know, I coached Patrick Mahomes all these years. I, I stopped being scared of my quarterback making that kind of play. He goes, I trust Sam Howell. You know, I knew that guy would be open. And, and I know that he's making those decisions with conviction. Do it. So he, he's letting him play free, letting him play loose. They've got weapons. Terry McLaurin, John Dotson, Curtis Samuel, Logan Thomas, who you're familiar with. Um, mm. You know, I don't know if the commanders are going to win seven, eight games this year. I just, I, I like what I see out of Howell and I like what I see out of the enemy. Agree all the way, Tyler. They've been, they're the offense that nobody wants to play right now. Like that's that team you don't want to play because of that offense. Like just, I always compare We always talk basketball, like that team that you know is coming to town. Like, man, if they get hot, we're in trouble. I don't know if it's sustained success with Sam Howe, that would be, you know, I'm always going to bring it back to how I evaluate for the future and him. I do think there's a ceiling, but how can you not love the instincts, toughness? I do feel like he gets away with a lot of bad throws, a lot of bad decisions, drop picks. He's throwing some, he's taking some, he, he takes some chances, but obviously he knows the offense. And as an OC, if he's getting them in and out of the huddle and getting them in the right play and the quarterback's tough, the, the, the team believes in them. Shit. That's a great way to go into the offseason for the for that team. As far as, yeah, you're going to look for a, a, a different quarterback for sure. 
Don't, you don't have to force it. Find your right guy. You have, don't have to force it right now. There is nothing better. He's that's to be honest, that's like the Tyrod situation. It's very similar to Tyrod Taylor with us, where you have a guy who is no question the team loves, everybody respects because of his toughness and ability to make plays. But is he good enough to get you to the Super Bowl? You know my answer. <laughs> He's the 74th highest paid quarterback in football. Oh, so when you're, you... you're you're gonna have the ability to sign other players. That is yeah. No, this is your chance to go ahead and, and yeah, take some chances. Yeah, you, that offense is no joke. I like that Dotson from Penn State. Like McLaurin, we've talked about. He's McLaurin's a definite top 15 wide out in the league, but Man, Dotson, he, if they get more out of him and or keep going to him, getting him involved, he's a weapon. And I like the running backs are tough. You know, they have a it is, it coaching matters. Why so let me let me pose this question to you then, Jim. Why can't Sam Howell become Jalen Hurts? Pretty deep ball, tough inside runner. Jalen Hurts had his struggles in year one. Even I'm not too. That's a that's a fair question. I, I can't sit there and say he can't be become that. I know this, Tyler. The playoffs are a different beast. You can't turn the ball over, and Sam Howell scares me when I watch him. The turnovers. That yeah, maybe that's that stands I, I out. I feel yeah. like the shorter quarterbacks at the end of the day are going to get in trouble, and he he's going to take a risk. And I just he's not physically gifted like Hurts to get out of those trouble that out of situations and but hey Tyler yes I'm not gonna sit there and say he couldn't no it it is similar to um Drew Brees I mean this is the quarterback Sam Howell brought up when we talked before the draft he said look Drew Brees is six foot but everything is on time he has a plan before every snap like he has a really good idea where he wants to go with the ball and how he's going to create that passing window. So the next step is for whoever's in charge of the commanders to do exactly what Josh Lucas said when he's dissecting the Carolina Panthers and Bryce Young and shorter quarterbacks. Find yourself really, really good guards. Like depth of pocket is so important. Not necessarily the high-paid tackle. Like Drew Brees, when you were on those Saints teams, it's not like you guys were paying a ton of money for great tackles. You probably had just average players out there, but the guards, Jari Evans, Carl Nix, were so sturdy, so strong. A shorter quarterback could confidently step into the pocket and deliver a throw. Um, you know, at that point, then you're then you're starting to build around Sam Howell, right? Then then you're 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 seeking players with him in mind, which it's always a little dangerous. But I think you're at that point if you're the commanders. I think you can start at least into next season building a team with with him in mind as your quarterback did you get a sense of their structure because i was confused on the way they dump uh sweat and chase young i'm thinking those are pretty big decisions for a team that may be bringing in a new gm and head coach so i'm like who's make who's signing off on that because that is a major to, to lose two past or even you know, you would think you'd want to keep one of those guys. You know, I'm not a big Chase Young fan. I don't think he's that special of a player. Um, 
the up now sweat can play, but I don't think he was worth that. But, but my point is, doesn't it make sense to make those types of major decisions where you're giving up guys you invested in? That's a major decision, I guess. So I'm wondering if, is the G, is it, um, is it Martin Mayhew out there or who is Martin Mayhew? Right. Yeah. I don't know Martin very well, know him to say hi, but he always seemed like a, a, you know, once again, professional, he always seemed very professional. Every place he's been, I feel like Martin had a plan. It seemed like his teams had a plan. I don't know. I never worked there. Didn't really hear stories, but those are decisions that I don't know if you're or the ownership just is like, we don't care. Go ahead and do whatever you want. We're going to, the next guy can do whatever he wants. Clean this thing up. Yeah, you do wonder, was there a, a back alley handshake to Martin or Mayhew? Like, and Yeah. Now, remember, Jason Wright is the team president, so he's right. above so he's Mayhew, still, Marty Herney. Okay. Right. The, oh, the I way that, that they're structured at Steam. I hate that structure. I hate that if that's the case. The team president? Yeah, approach. get those get those team presidents out of arm's distance. It needs to be it's it's owner, GM, head coach, quarterback. Four. There's no five. Again, you come to the the number of cooks in a kitchen, and at what point it's too many detrimental. You know that you did get a second for sweat, a third for young, but it's yeah, both trades are it's mm-hmm. the future in mind. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So if you want to check out that story, it's oh yeah, Doug Williams is still kicking around as a senior advisor to Jason Wright. I forgot about that. Uh, if you want to check out that story, it's at golongtd.com and your email if you subscribe. And of course, the Substack app. I, I talked to Joe Theismann this week. It kind of blew my mind that uh, Theismann is still the team's all-time leading passer. He hasn't played since 1985. That's a great stat. That's yeah. a great stat. Think about how much football has changed since 19. And guess how many starting quarterbacks they've had since 1985? 40. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's probably, I would never have guessed that many. Wow. And 40, 40 that's really more like 44 or 45, because you had like the Colt McCoys of the world, like come back around a couple years later. I mean, it's insane how, how cursed this franchise has been. And that's just the football. Think about how toxic it's been with Dan Snyder. Um, I mean, they've got a clean house in a lot of different ways. I just think he might have a good thing going with Sam Howell. Theisman believes. Think think about Theisman and how many times he's talked to these quarterbacks that have been anointed and how many times, you know, he's been let down. I I like similar to Jim Kelly through the drought. Jim Kelly getting interviewed about JP Lawsman and Drew Bledsoe and Trent Edwards and Kyle Orton, EJ Manuel. Right. I mean, think about all in it probably he's got to put on a good face and be all excited. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's an ambassador for the team, but Theismann is genuinely excited about Sam Howell and sees something in him. But, but that's, you know, when I'm studying a lot of these college quarterbacks, Tyler, a lot of them look like Sam Howell. Like that's what's playing in college football right now. And it's, a, it's, a, it's Brock Purdy. It's Sam Howell. It's, and, and they are, they're ballers. Like they are ballers. I mean, I, I don't know how else to say it. They know how to play the quarterback position. Like they know football. You can see they they're instinctive. They know where they want to go with the ball. They're tough. They just don't have those, that next level physical gifts that you can call them the big four, or whatever the burrow Lamar, Josh, 
Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, all those just elite physical guys, talent. You really snuck Rodgers in there, didn't you? Well, he was. He was elite. And he's Superman, too, because apparently he's going to be playing again. So we have to put him there. Well, I mean, these pregame routines, he makes Tyler, a point to throw that football around. It's become must-watch TV. Taylor Swift and Aaron Rodgers' pregame um, three-step drops are must-watch TV right now. Followed by the report that nobody can believe how fast he's recovering. Nobody. Yeah. I'm over it. It's like Michigan. I'm over Michigan. I don't care about that. I don't care about his Achilles. If it comes back, it was a fake thing. If he, That's all. I like uh, Jeremy White. You know, he does a great job here locally at WGR. I think he made this point on the radio. He said, you watch like Aaron Rodgers the day after the Jets are eliminated from the playoffs. You know, he's, he's going to shut it down and he'll come out and say, look, I was ready to go. I was cleared and I was ready to play, but we're out of it now. So let's shut her down. And then the Dan Levitard show, I think somebody on there even floated the, the theory that he never even tore his Achilles, which I, I can't go that far, um, but it's interesting. Well, they, they know him very well. And they, I listened to Levitard and, you know, they've had a falling out. Like Aaron Rodgers was, he went to Dan Levitard's wedding they're not friends anymore. Like, not, oh, wait, let me take that back. He doesn't do the show anymore. He switched. He just bailed on them, went to McAfee. You know, I mean, everything you've said about him, they kind of touch, they say it too. Like, they, they well, I mean, people if, that know him know it. People that know him know it. I mean, it's not just family and friends that he right. cut off. And he did that back in 2014, you know, when he's with, Olivia Munn, and I've written about it up back at Bleacher Report. It's, um, yeah, I mean, to, to the the shock and, and horror of a lot of people that were in that inner circle, I mean, he just completely kind of cut, cut them off, and it's been that way since. But even beyond that, you're right, the, the, the media, um, a lot of those allies to Aaron Rodgers have been cut off as well. I mean, I, I think his antenna is up. He knows what's written. He knows what's said. And if you cross a line, you're done. You're dead. See ya. So that doesn't surprise me. Um, so are we going to see him like in 2024? And you don't think so? Oh, sorry. I thought you were. Yeah, 24. Yeah. Yeah. All I don't right, know. Here man. we go that again. Thing, Falling back gets... on Aaron Rodgers talk. I didn't want to go there. No. And I didn't want to get into the Jets either because that I, that press conference from Salah the other day. Yeah. Like basically seem saying I'm forced to play him. It Tyler, I, I think it was early. I know it was like week two or three, whenever this thing got ugly. I know I said on here, they needed to move on and cut him and get him out of that building. They have missed on that quarterback. It's a hard thing to admit, but you owe it to your veteran. It's professional football. You have Trevor Simeon has never looked better to me. Play him. He won't. He will get you these wins. This defense is giving you everything you got. Simeon is. I, I can't believe that we are begging to see Trevor Simeon, but that quarterback they missed. They they just missed. It's it's okay. It happens. Move on. You can't do that. You cannot do that to the deep. Anybody out there, every single player out there deserves somebody that's going to get them in the best position. He doesn't do anything, and he's not getting help either. I mean, they're dropping balls. They're not helping them. And and 
I don't even know. We won't even get into the OC. I mean, that's not even, I don't even want to put anything on him because he's only allowed to coach Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I thought I thought this was going to be the the Nate Hackett offense unleashed. Well, he, I thought he did it with Blake Bortles, but yeah, Zach Wilson is the worst quarterback in football. So it kind of complicates everything, and it kind of just it, ruins your saying. season I, for the New York Jets. Yeah, like I mean, we I, we said it back in Week One yes. after they beat the Bills. How yeah. can you start this quarterback? He is an abomination. He is terrible. <laughs> you might as well just wave the white flag. And concede the 2023 season if you're the New York Jets and you're continuing to start Zach Wilson. He's awful. Oh, I keep betting. I mean, on it's him. so funny too. Like he'll have this, he'll have a game like he did against the Chiefs, where there's a throw here, throw there. I mean, the Giants game, he makes everybody two throws in the everybody, rain. That's every guy, every quarterback can throw one or two every couple games. I mean, this the Jersey Shore guy that's playing for the Giants. Um, um, Tommy DeVito, Tommy Jersey Shore, fist pump Tommy. I am ready. I'm all for it. I'll probably bet on them. That's a pretty good. That's a high number. Seventeen and a half. <laughs> Seventeen and a half. I guess it's not a high yeah. number. Dallas puts up forty. <laughs> we're you know all what, right, Tyler? At- this this podcast turned into the Carolina Panthers, Jets, Giants. All the beautiful, all the great franchises right now. All the well-run, the, the Washington. <laughs> we're hitting all the. What? We're hitting all the dysfunctional. Uh... It's just meandering, depressing path toward what we were planning on discussing, and it's the Buffalo Bills. Well, we, we, we'll probably have to get a little deeper into these Bills next week or the week after. Let's see how yeah. this Denver Broncos I... game goes. I agree. How the Jets game goes. I mean, my God, if you lose to the Jets again, oh, Broncos too. You can't lose to Denver either. That oh I don't yeah, care you, lose said. To Denver. you certainly. It's not going to be easy. They're playing better on offense. Coaching matters, Tyler. The numbers are just they're right in your face. I'm sure we'll see it, but the improvement from Denver's offense from Hackett to Peyton is just from it's JV to professional. It's that simple. Um, it's a real. You, they the Bills got to show up to beat this Denver team. The defense on Denver is terrible. There is no reason for this Bills offense to not put up some stats. It's a good stat game for the Bills offense. But this Bills defense, which I keep trying to say, the secondary is is scares me, and they're going to get tested this week against this offense. Now, I'm not saying Why? Denver's offense is that good, but it's actually it's actually – it is a legit offense. And they're really good, Tyler – early in games, like first drives early in the season, they were having good first drives and they weren't finishing them in the end zone. They're getting field goals or, or, or a a Russell Wilson fumble out of nowhere after driving, you know, getting into the, like just some strange plays. They weren't able to, now they're starting to finish the drives. I'm not even trying to say Denver is good, but I know enough to know that the bills defense is going to get tested. So, Latavius Murray, I believe, said that they held a players-only meeting this week, and they're five and four. Easily could be three and six. Ugly. I was there in Cincinnati. I know what the score was, 24-18. But, man, you know, the way Joe Burrow just went right down the field that first drive, 
it just kind of felt like the Bengals were always in command of this game. And I, I, I've heard some apologists, maybe a strong word, uh, but supporters of the Bills' current plight on defense state, well, they've got all these injuries. They're hanging on for dear life. What more can he ask for? Giving up 24 points to the Cincinnati Bengals. To an extent, I get it, I guess. It just felt like the Bengals were in complete command. Whatever they wanted, when they wanted it, they got it. And there's nothing more emasculating than that last drive where your offense finally comes alive, the Bills. You you score a touchdown. You get the two-point conversion. Granted, your head coach blew a couple timeouts, one on an idiotic challenge that made no sense at all. Uh, But you need to get a stop, right? This is what you live for. Situational football, they practice it more than anybody. If not, pretty dang close. It could be the middle of spring, and Sean McDermott is preparing his team for these moments. And you can't get off the field, right? They run the little, I believe, like a little fake wide receiver screen to Jamar Chase and send a third-string tight end up the sideline. And it's a, it's a big gain. Jo- Joe Mixon, third and short, runs directly at Von Miller. You're getting nothing out of your $22 million man this year, Von Miller. I get it. He's off the torn ACL. But he didn't have a tackle. I mean, he played 27 snaps and he was invisible. He gave you nothing. I think that there are some major problems with this defense uh, beyond beyond the injuries. They just they they couldn't get off the field when, when it when it mattered, right? That is the concern that you see consistently with this defense. Is the biggest gap, the biggest decrease in their rankings is third down defense and yards per attempt in the secondary. They are getting that's where they have they've dropped off on those those categories. The secondary isn't the same. Those safeties don't have the speed they had. Teron Johnson as tough as he is, he doesn't have elite speed. And that's what I'm noticing. I'm just noticing a lack of speed in that secondary. That's all that stands out a little bit to me when you just and you know I I do keep it pretty analytical and I get and then the tape backs it up when I see it. But the pass rushers, they show up every now and then. I don't see any dominant. There's not a guy up front that week in and week out you have to prepare for as an as an offense. Like you're not right now. Nobody's scaring you, Floyd. You know what Floyd is. You know what you know. Von Miller is the guy. If Von Miller was what they thought or what maybe he still has in him, you know, this is when we'll see it. Now, this is when hopefully he's a veteran who's getting ready to put, kick in his you know his professional where he's at athletically at this point, because you got to do something. He needs to provide something for them. Otherwise, I don't see how their defense gets much better. And not that the defense is bad, Tyler. You got to understand their defense is, it's plenty good enough. It's just, it's not as dominant as it has been. And that's the standard. That's what they have, the Mike Tomlin standard that he always talks about that the standard has been set. Like, that's a good thing to be spoiled, to have your defense as a dominant top five in every category every year. This year, they're not. They're giving up the, the rushing yards. They're giving up third downs. The secondary is not the same. The rushing defense isn't that far off from the past. I looked at it. It's pretty much the same. It's not that big of a concern. Matt Milano covered up a lot on that defense, and I think Ooh. you're just seeing holes well said. being exposed and players well being exposed. Said. Yeah. You know, your, your first-round cornerback, Kyrie Elam, 
he should be a stud locking down receivers at this point. And he's on IR after showing nothing as a player. Um, defensive line, cool. think about how much has been, been invested there. You know, Gregory Russo started this season so fast. I don't think he has a sack in, what, four games? They don't have an interception since, what, the Miami game? As a team, don't see that, they're, yeah. they're not they getting big plays. They're not forcing turnovers. Right. They're not getting sacks. But it's still not – I'm just telling you, it's not that far off. They're not they're, – they're okay, though. Their defense is still tough. Like, their points per their points per play is, is top. I have, don't have it in front of me. I should have. But it's top five. I mean, they are fine. Like, they need to fine-tune it. Here, I mean – Here's where it doesn't make sense, though. Why do you throttle down on offense? After you go up tempo yeah. that first drive with Josh Allen, you go right down the field yourself, and then you decide actively to – grind your offense to a halt and not go so, up tempo. And it's clearly a different group when you're not going up tempo. So let's see what happens. The only way to find out are these next, you know, Tyler, to see if they do make changes. I agree with you. I mean, that's to have those discussions is strange. I didn't like the way it goes from the head coach to the, like, I don't know. Why wouldn't you, I agree with you. Why wouldn't you want to be up? I feel like the bills always used to be, we're going to be up 20. We're going to be up 21 at half. That's how they used to be. I mean, I, we talked about, I mean, I used to bet on them in the first half all the time. They were the best first half team. And that's not the case anymore. I mean, they're fighting for yards now. Well, they were front runners and that's a great thing. Most of the time, especially in the regular season, because you're going to, you know, get a 20, 30 point lead and then dance all over a team's grave. Um, but the NFL we're seeing is it's hard to maintain that but over the long haul, especially into the playoffs. Uh, but it is weird to not just see them get these big leads. You're right. But that's the only thing I would think. But Tyler, everything else looks okay to me on that offense. I mean, I, I know we've it's that is not an issue still for me. I, I don't I'm not spending time on that offense. I agree. The tempo, getting points, getting leads, yes. That would be something that that's in that building. They know that. I'm sure that'll be. Well, I'm not even putting that on Ken Dorsey. I think that it's been proven over the the years. You've got a defensive head coach whose fingerprints are all over this offense, who is clearly whispering into the ears of his offensive coaches, like, let's run the ball. Let's slow it down. You know, because he wants pressure taken off his defense. What's the term we're hearing nonstop? Complimentary football. And that's code for you know, keep my defense off, off the field. Mike McCarthy, you know, he's not a defensive coach. He's an offensive coach, but he's kind of said the same things a lot of times where he, he believes that things need to slow down on offense to help his defense. So you can imagine what the McDermott's, the Schottenheimer's, the John Fox's, right? This, this brand of coach, they don't want offenses going up and down the field, lighten it up all the time especially right now with the injuries. Um, I think their best their best shot, and I'm with you, Josh Allen is still one of the three best quarterbacks in the NFL. Their best shot is to just say F it and just go up tempo, get the hell out of Josh Allen's way, all the stuff we've been saying since March, and see how far it takes you. That's what they did in 2021. They were seven and six. 
They lost the win game to Mac Jones. They got beat down by the Colts before that. It was ugly. You know, the the, the Bucs are beating them like 27-3 at half. And I kind I get the sense that Josh Allen, Brian Dable, that offense, in so many terms, just said F it. And they got hot at the best conceivable time. And that offense, that team, the way they were playing in the postseason, it's a shame that they didn't get to the Super Bowl and have a chance to win it up because of 13 seconds. But I think that year does give you a little hope that it's in them. They did they did do it before. Let's see if they can. AFC's loaded. Any final thoughts, Jim? No, we hit it. We covered the, the disaster franchises. Covered the Bills. Were there any dumpster fires that we that we missed that are worth uh, capping this podcast with? Well, touch on one thing you just said. No matter what, as far as if anybody is to blame for offense, the, the head coach is to blame for everything, okay? It always stops and ends with the head coach. That is what he assumed that role when he took the job, and he wanted that. It's a weak move for any head coach to blame a coordinator or to even fire a coordinator during the season. You hired that coordinator. That's on you. Firing him is a weak move. What Deion Sanders did in Colorado to that offensive coordinator who left the head coaching job to be the OC there, that's a weak move. It's the first year of a rebuild program. Come on. You can't. That was a weak move by Deion. And I'm 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 happy. You know, I love seeing his everything he's doing out there, but don't that would have been that would have been disappointing if something would have gone down with Dorsey based on those numbers that we've talked about on offense. The offense is not the issue. And you fired and you got I think rid I wrote of exactly that too. I mean it you would got be rid incredibly crazy. Yep. Yeah. You did your you did your weak move already. So you this is on you now. No more firing of the coordinator. You did it. Not the offense. Well said. Yeah, the uh, the defensive coordinator was gently nudged out the door. The offensive coordinator took a head coaching job to the New York Giants. Obviously didn't see eye to eye with Sean McDermott. And Ken Dorsey is the OC for all. The narrative has been crafted carefully, I'd say. Uh, you know, there was a lot of kind of code words in that post-game presser from Sean McDermott to frame Ken Dorsey as the problem in terms of winning at the line of scrimmage. And then Joe Biscaglia channel, channel seven at the athletic, my buddy Joe B, new dad, great dude. He followed up with a great question. He said, you know, are you talking about running the ball more? And Sean McDermott basically said, yes. So you're kind of seeing those bread crumbs laid out, right? Like, and most media, not just locally, but nationally are, are take are, are taking that bait and pinning the blame on Ken Dorsey and the offense and what's wrong with Josh Allen offense, 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 offense. Um, and it's unfair to Ken Dorsey. Has he been perfect? No, obviously no. This offense has has some issues, and we've discussed, but yeah, un unbelievably weak. If you were to strip him of play calling, 
fire him at any point, mm. make him the problem mm. when he he's not the main problem here. Ken Dorsey, uh, he's not. All right, Tyler. Here we go. So last year, defense yards per play, big stat. Last year under Frazier, they were seventh in the NFL, five point one. This year, twenty sixth yards per play. That's a huge gap. 7th to 26 yards per attempt fifth last year in the nfl this year 19th in the nfl that's not playoff defense third down defense sixth in the nfl last year this year 23rd third down defense tyler those are huge gaps that's that's super bowl quality rankings top we just said seven five six versus 23, 26, those aren't, that's not even playoff football. Like those aren't, you know, that's how I judge it. You're not in the top 10. That's not playoff defense. Third down and secondary. Those are your issues. The elite defensive minds find a way. And and I still believe in the team. And you know that I still believe in the defense because their points per game are great. They're fifth in the NFL points per play. It's a great, I mean, they're, they're not giving up the points. They're just giving up third downs and the yards. I mean, it truly is. I know it's cliche, but it is a week to week league. And for better or worse, how things go down Monday night against the Denver Broncos, whew, th- th- this thing could boomerang one direction or the other. I mean, you could mm. wax the Broncos as you should with your offense at home blow out the jets the week after that and feel pretty dang good about yourself at what would you be seven and four with a gauntlet ahead, but confidence and momentum. And maybe this is 2021 all over again. They can get to that spot pretty quickly. You could also lose to the Broncos or the jets and stare down that gauntlet and say, Holy shit. This is going to get even worse. You can't undersell the importance of this game against the Broncos. And I I get it. Like from a, if you're just, you don't have a stake in it. You're not a Bronco fan. You're not a Bills fan. You don't really care either way. It's not necessarily a game that moves to meter, but I think for the future of the Bills, it's pretty damn important. You know, momentum is real and this season can really go one way or the other. Yeah. And I think that's a, a lot, every, almost every team is going through this right now at this time of year. It's the playoff push, or we <laughs> is this thing not? Is this thing well, falling apart? For what every else do team. we talk about Jim? It's this is where it gets interesting. Yes, uh, in terms of what's said at these press conferences and and how blame is carefully placed because now it's survival. Now the type, you know the, uh, the the Bills. It's not exactly Titanic about to hit the iceberg. They're still a ways off from that iceberg. Uh, But little comments like that from the head coach after the Bengals game, you know, kind of pinning some blame on Ken Dorsey. It's this is when you do see coaches and GMs racing to the lifeboats and it's going to be more extreme elsewhere. You know, we mentioned a few of the disastrous situations around the NFL. Uh, It's going to be a little more overt and obvious and we will see some some firings, and we're already seeing action, right? In Carolina, a couple of weeks ago, play calling was taken away from Frank Reich, the head coach. So you're <laughs> going to start to see that stuff with some teams. And the NFL is the ultimate 
exercise and in self-preservation. Like you are doing what you can to save your ass. And I just find that fascinating. You lived it. I mean, in Buffalo, y'all lived it's, it. Like it's, through, it, Tyler, different it's not coaches. It's not just the NFL. It's Game of Thrones for everybody and everybody's job. I feel like everybody's job in this world, it's Game of Thrones. It, yeah. It's survival. It's survival. Speaking oh, from experience on this one. Yeah. I mean, it, it really is every business. It is. Uh, I was everybody just getting lunch with somebody. Uh, yep. Who do you trust? I was just getting who lunch with somebody trust? who was at The Athletic. And it's crazy how many people they whacked. You know, mm -hmm. really good writers. Dawn. Uh, so I just want to run my own business, Jim. I promise you, you we won't have a throne style, you know, situation here with you and Bob. <laughs> All right. Let's cut it off there. Thanks, everyone, for joining. That was fun. Go along td.com for all stories, all podcasts, and a discussion thread. I don't really mention that often on the podcast. Every Sunday, uh, you can join within the Substack app or on your browser, live game day chat. You can hang out with readers from around the world. We're going to actually have one of those readers on this podcast. We were going to do it this week, uh, but we're going to, weren't able to do it, travel and such on my end. Next week, we're going to welcome on. Peter, who was there in Frankfurt, Germany for Chiefs Dolphins. He's going to give us a little perspective on what that was all about. So cannot wait to have that conversation. Uh, but yeah, hop in on the game day chat. It's a lot of fun. You know, it's always really cool just to see fans so vested, right, in their teams, in the moment. A play goes right, a play goes wrong, and people are pissed off and they need to see action. So we discuss and supply some analysis there. Alrighty, we'll catch you next week. Thanks, everyone.